On this episode of the Best of Bias podcast, your boy is back. Today is Saturday, so I'm giving y'all a Saturday edition of the Best of Bias podcast. Hey, 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 my bad. I know it's not Friday. You know what I'm saying? I hope you guys been ready for the sporadic uh, drops. Hope you got those bells and those notifications uh, popped up for your boy. Because, um, you know, it gets a little wild in this life of mine. But I'm here today. I'm happy to be here. I've um, got a bunch of sports, a bunch of sports. But I did add some couple of pop culture and some cinema corner in this one. So it's not all sports. So you're in for a fully loaded podcast today. So we'll get it in today. We have a lot to discuss. So I'm happy you guys are back. Happy you guys are still listening every week. New listeners, welcome. Old listeners, like I like to call my family, welcome back. It's the Best of Bias podcast. You know what I'm saying? The sun is shining, I hope, out there for you. We had a little NFL action happening on Thursday. So and there's some play-in NBA action happening um, here on Friday as well. So when you listen to this on Saturday, some of this stuff may have passed. And let's preview some uh, some college football stuff. You know what I'm saying? L- listen to this before you watch the games. Um, I'll give some predictions. You know, I'm going to talk about Oregon, talk about a little bit of Colorado and, what, and some of the stuff that happened to them in UCLA. They got, you know, their luggage and all their stuff, all their uh, gear and their bags and stuff robbed. So we'll talk about that. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Some fantasy football preview week uh, nine. Talk about week eight. NBA opening, not opening night, but so far what we've seen when Binyama's out there balling in season tournaments started on Friday. So I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, fantasy, some pop culture, RIP Matthew Perry, uh, LA Comic Con is coming up. So I'll talk about that too. 2023, that's the second one in a row me and Damo are going to. So I'll talk a lot about that, a little bit about that actually. Um, and hopefully the SAG and after, um, you know, the strike ends soon. So the Comic Con could be a lot more live than. You know, some of the other cons that's been going on during the strike, the writer strike and the uh, actor strike, director strike now. So we'll see what's going on with that. And then, of course, Loki episodes four and five. I told you I'll review that. Give a light up the narrow style review. Um, nobody on here to talk about me. Talk about it with me today. So I'll just give my kind of reviews. You know, how those go kind of touch on some bullet points. I'll be everywhere. But, you know, I'll just be talking about some stuff you may have uh, may have seen, may have some questions. Um, of course, I watch heavy spoilers. You know, shout out to them with the reviews afterwards to kind of be in touch with some stuff I may have missed some Easter eggs and stuff like that. So I'll drop some of that knowledge, talk a little bit about Invincible 2. That season dropped, season two dropped a couple of days ago. And then Gen V, the finale, I don't know if it was the finale, but just the end of the series and how I felt about how it ended. I got some things to say. So it's the Best of Bias podcast. Welcome to another podcast. It's episode 185. 185. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get right into it. No long talking. Let's get to this theme song and where it's at right here. Bam, let's go. It's the best, uh, best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us from pop culture to the movies to unite us. It's the best, uh, best of bias. Your best of bias. Yeah, the best of bias. You are now listening to the best of bias podcast with Lydell De Niro and Hugo Twilight. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? It's the best of bias. Bias time. Time for your boy to get live. You know what I'm saying? Drop a little flavor in your ear. Update y'all on the last couple of weeks of pop culture topics from sports. You know the theme song. To from what some 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 to unite. I should know my own theme song, but you know what I'm coming. You know what I'm bringing. If you're new, 
Um, we bring all the bias. We just bring it to the table. Whatever you want to talk about is probably going to get talked about on this po- uh, podcast. If it's popping in pop culture, we're probably going to talk about it from any aspect. We don't kind of just sit in one niche of podcasts. We kind of talk about it all. And we're happy to bring it all because the people that I mess with and me personally, we talk about it all. We're interested in it all. We don't fit in one box. We fit in all the all the boxes. We check off a bunch of different boxes. You know what I'm saying? So um, rather than be boxed in, we bring all the bias to the table. And whether you have a bias one way or another way, um, you know, we're going to bring that. Hey, chill out. My bad. I knew that was going to happen with these dogs chilling here. Come sit down. Hey, come sit down. Sorry about that. Anyways, back to what I was saying. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, We got, of course, college football and stuff. We got NFL. We got fantasy. We got congratulations to the Rangers. Um. Beat the Diamondbacks 4-1, Corey Sager, uh, two-time MVP, one on both sides, NL, NAL. Um, I'm just going to get that just in case I miss it because a lot of stuff to talk about and, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't the Braves who won and I, I'm not going to really go into the series. I didn't really follow the World Series too much. I know it sounds bad, but there's a lot of sports going on. It's sports equinox, but just in case I don't get to it, hey, shout out to the Rangers. Congratulations to you guys. Another one of those franchises who – Hasn't seen prosperity in a long time. Um, congratulations to y'all. It feels good. You know what I'm saying? It feels good. You know what I'm saying? So when we get to uh, basketball, kind of talk about a little bit how I felt about um, some of the stuff I got going on too, but with the NBA. But let's get right into it. Um, playoff rankings dropped for the um, for college football. Um, I want to talk to y'all a little bit about that, see how y'all feel about that so far. Um, the top um, couple are kind of the usual suspects right now. The guys that kind of been running shit kind of all year. Interesting that Georgia's not number one just off of GP just from being um, back-to-back champions and they're undefeated. So people would think they'll just kind of be number one undisputedly. But since their schedule is kind of soft, people took that and the committee took that into consideration. Um, Number one is Ohio State. Number two is Georgia. Uh, Number three is Michigan. Number four is Florida State. These are all the unbeaten teams. Um, And then you get to the fifth unbeaten team, which is Washington at number five. Then you got us, the big O, you know what I'm saying, Oregon. And number six, seven, Texas, eight, Alabama. So it's some big schools, big names in there. So it's a lot of rumblings with the, with the first week of the college football playoff and the revealing of the standings, you know what I mean? So this week is going to be really important to a lot of teams. I think Alabama plays uh, LSU, Washington plays UCLA, or USC. Um, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of big games still to come, championship games still to come. So it's it's fluid. Like uh, Stephen A. likes to say, the, the standings are fluid. Still a lot to go. Still a couple of rankings still to be dropped. So um, the initial rankings are pretty cool to me. Um, Georgia, I still feel like, needs to be tested. Um, I think they played – I don't know if they played Alabama already. I forgot who they, Alabama actually lost to this season. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to get tough for Georgia. They haven't really played anybody as of now. The whole scandal going on in Michigan right now, John Harbaugh, people are trying to take that standing away from him. I don't know really, really what's going to happen with them realistically. I don't know if all this uh, media attention, this negative media attention is going to get the team down and distract them from their ultimate goal and kind of, you know, eventually have them fall, beat lose to Ohio State in a championship game, which wouldn't really matter that much because they still – are kind of high up there in the rankings um, as far as being a one-loss team. But we'll see if Coach Harbaugh can make it through. I still think he's just going to boogie out to the NFL and just call it a day. And, yeah, and just call it a day. But anyways, uh, Washington being number six right ahead of – or number five right ahead of us, I don't mind because that UCLA game 
um, versus Washington is going to be really interesting. Um, I think Caleb is going to have something to prove. Um, if he loses this game, I, I feel like you probably should sit out the rest of the season. Um, the risk of getting injured or anything like that is going to be kind of high. And he does want to be that number one overall pick and get that money. He needs to kind of chill because, yeah, that defense has been looking real bad for uh, USC. Um, you know, Washington has a really good offense, but their defense has been kind of bad as well against Stanford and ASU. So uh, I know Caleb Williams could definitely get them going. Who got a sneaky toy? Hold on. My bad, y'all. We're not doing that. We're definitely not doing that right now. Chill out. Man, potting with these dogs, my bad. I should have put them uh, out the room or something, but, you know, the fam's not here to watch them right now. And, man, this light right here got me sweating. Let me hold on, hold on. Got a lot of changes to go right now. My bad, y'all. You see me glistening? This thing is beaming. I don't know if I need it that bad. Is that bad? Yeah, because that light is crazy. But anyways, yeah, I think the first rankings is pretty good. Um, Texas beating Alabama. That's who that's who beat Alabama. Texas beat Alabama. Um, and they've been holding their own ever since. You know what I'm saying? Sticking around, beating every team they're supposed to beat after that. Um, Texas as well, been getting kind of close with teams in their division. Um, but still, they're sitting pretty. They still have the value of them beating um, Alabama sitting there. So the committee will definitely take that into consideration. Um, Oregon, me personally, I can speak to that. I think we just need to hold our own. We lost to Washington by three points. We missed a field goal that would have sent it into overtime. And who knows what happened after that. Um, Washington was looking great up until Oregon game. They kind of got exposed in every game after that. They've kind of been challenged. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like um, they can be had if we see them again in the uh, Pac-12 championship that will solidify that we are better than them and deservedly so getting to that top four. Uh, but if they do lose to USC, um, that'll be something to see, though, because we do got USC the next week in Eugene. So if they beat Washington and we beat UC, uh, USC, does that mean we jump above Washington or that still prompt us both to being in the Pac-12 championship or does USC get to the Pac-12 championship? But I don't know. Um, Oregon, how they beat uh, Utah in Utah last week, um beating them like 36 to 6 or something like that uh yeah i think they you know put on a show and because utah was a ranked team at the time i think they were ranked number 14 oregon was ranked number eight uh before putting on that showing and um utah is giving everybody in the pac-12 a running um so for us to go to their house and kind of do what we did against them uh was something to show and the committee looked at that and it was like yeah they're they may not be undefeated and be able to be number five but they're number they're the top uh, one loss team. I respect that from them. Um, this week, Oregon plays Cal. Um, I think we'll be able to get right. I know we shouldn't look past any teams, and Cal's played spoiler, beating us, uh, uh, you know, un unexpectedly, maybe once in the last maybe five years or something like that. So um, I wouldn't look past any team, but I just want to thoroughly beat them and hopefully Washington. And USC comes down to the wire. If USC gets a win, that'd be kind of cool too, because I think we'll jump. Um, We'll jump Washington and be number five and just wait for one of those undefeated teams to hopefully lose. And maybe we can jump in there and we'll still play Washington regardless and still see who, who you know, who deservedly needs to be in that playoff. But I'm excited to see what comes. Um, uh, yeah, that USC-Washington game is going to be the game of Saturday. I'm excited to see that one. Um, but CU, I know we talked about CU. You have a weekly CU segment. Um, they played UCLA last week. Um but this game made headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, again, CU still has a problem on the field. Um, they started off really hot. And uh, just kind of lately, their line, lines on both sides have kind of been exposed as far as uh, – 
offensive line, of course. Uh, so Sodor Sanders has been sacked like 49 to 50 times this season. Uh, just even to the worst competition in the Pac-12, the line looks like Swiss cheese and they're getting Sador killed. Um, he's not really being able to, you know, show the talents that he, I mean, everybody saw it from the beginning and they kind of hear it from word of mouth. He's training with Tom Brady, this, this, and that. But, you know, we want to see it on the field and be able to, him and Caleb actually be able to exploit those, those talents that they do have and just put on a show for people. But it just kind of sucks that, you know, we're just kind of wasting the talent, wasting a whole year on um, both of those teams, just for the offensive lines and the, you know, the other, the, the complete teams not being there and just having a bad showing of the year. I know, I know coach prime will be good and the recruiting will get better over the next couple of years. I know they already got a quarterback that's coming in behind the door. That's supposed to be cool. A four-star recruit. Um, but again, even though they lost to uh, UCLA, the score was 28 to 16. The bigger story was while they were playing the game, uh, somebody got into their locker room and stole all the players stuff. Like, out of their bags, their jewelry, their, their, their valuables. And it was just a weird, a whole, it was a weird sentiment because this happened to him before coach prime before at Jackson state. Um, people got into his locker room during the game and uh, stole some stuff from his uh, office and stuff like that. Um, and now it happened at UCLA where it should never be able to happen because there should be security there. Um, cameras there. Um, no way they should get, especially if it's a high profile team. That's, you know, everybody is kind of, I mean, you know, you would think somebody would try to rob somebody that's high profile, has high, you know, it's a bunch of celebrities and stuff, a celebrity son, celebrity coach, these players are getting NIL money. So people can think there's money in the locker room, but still like UCLA at the Rose Bowl, there's no way that that kind of stuff should be happening or people should be getting their stuff stolen in the locker room. Um, though they might not get their stuff back. I know they will be comp compensated pretty well. Um, the, Coach Sanders is like, I know the Rose Bowl got a whole bunch of money. Um, so, you know, if, you, if we don't get our stuff back, that the Rose Bowl's going to have to cough up some money to my players and us for uh, getting our stuff stolen because that's definitely unacceptable. That's unacceptable, y'all. If any, you know, that's very unacceptable. Did UCLA stuff get robbed? Somebody get in that locker room? You know what I'm saying? How, how do people get in the guest locker room? How do people get past security without, you know, it, it, it looks like an inside job to me. And uh, I, I've heard on some uh, people that are talking on TV too. They should look into the people on their own staff, too, because maybe that they're giving inside information or helping people to get inside because, again, it happened at Jackson State and it happened other places for him, too. So maybe he has to look at his company and maybe somebody inside giving, you know, tipping people off and just letting people know what's going on. You know, watch you keep around you. Definitely. That's definitely one of the biggest life lessons and uh, one of the biggest life lessons I've learned. And it's definitely a life lesson that people of any kind of celebrity or any kind of notoriety should know, because those people that come that are right there next to you going the way up that are not actually the person providing the talent could be the first person that takes you down. You know what I'm saying? Watch yourselves, y'all. Uh, let's move out of college. Um, again, let me just talk a little bit about um, the Utah game. Just throw some stats out there. I like to give my boys some credit. Bo Nix, 24 for 31, 248 yards, two touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. Bucky, 119 total total yards, rushing and receiving, one touchdown rushing. Jordan James had a, a rushing touchdown. They got like 78, 79 rushing yards. Uh, Troy uh, Franklin, 99 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think Tez had a couple. I think he had about like 50 some, 57 yards. He had a touchdown as well. Um, Treshawn Holder had a touchdown. We scored a lot of points. Uh, offense is clicking. Um, one of the best offenses in the country. We see them keep rolling in that defense, keep coming together, keep being able to play these high caliber receivers. The Washington receivers kind of did us a little dirty. So just be able to cover without 
committing penalties, those trenches that we got, defensive line. We just got a whole bunch of recruits, two five-star recruits coming in and solidify that line as well. This year we got big uh, transfers and big freshmen that are coming in there holding down the line and really getting sacks and getting to the quarterback and making our defense big and nasty, you know what I'm saying, Pauls, um, nastier than any team that we've actually had at Oregon. So this is a good year, if any, to try to make a run. Um, but we're building something. Thank you, Coach Lanning. Moving on to NFL Week 8, um, whew, the Thursday night football game was the Buccaneers and the Bills. Uh, this game was a terrible showing for my Buccaneers again. I don't know what's going on with us or what's happening, man. It's just looking bad. Um, Baker Mayfield started off great 3-0, and and then after we hit our – I think we lost to the Eagles before our bye, and then we lost two games after that, so making three in a row. Our offense is just looking anemic. Um, it's just weird for- – to me, for me to understand how we're not able to run the ball three years now that we can't, we can't even get like two, three yards out of a run. I see every other team do it with rookie running backs, no name running backs, and no name linemen. We got some people, at least I know, shoot, we have a Pro Bowl tackle from moving from right tackle to left tackle that's doing great. We have one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in the NFL, but we can't run the ball two or three yards to carry. Like, it's just it's frustrating, and it showed. Um, every time we get the ball, uh, our our drives are thaw- are stalled out because we try to run the ball every first down up the middle, losing yards and second yards, incomplete pass. We get a third and long, and just get off the field. Paul, a ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage by a lineman that Baker doesn't see. Baker makes a wrong play on third down, doesn't get the third down. We punt, we punt the ball to the offense, opposite team, and then Josh Allen just able to pick us apart with their receivers. For some reason, our corners like to play ten yards off the ball, no matter what, giving up underplays and first down the first down for the first down try to play bend don't break but then they give up a play one mistake gives a play into the end zone in the red zone for a touchdown and if we don't you know combat that with points on offense and we usually do get chunk plays get down the field and just can't score in the red zone either so it's always field goals and stuff like that and then we're plagued by penalties and we have a first time offensive coordinator it's a bunch of excuses and a bunch of nonsense you know what i'm saying it wasn't like that when we first got to the season we were blowing not blowing people out but winning the game and, our, and mike evans looked like somebody who definitely needed to be paid and somebody that's definitely uh, a hall of famer on in the making um he's definitely all that stuff don't get me wrong it's just our offense slowed down so much from what it was the first couple of weeks that it's just crazy. There's no, there's no, there's no answer for it. And the way that we didn't make any trades on the, uh, during the trade deadline just let, um, just kind of made us, this made me think personally that we're just going to go with the team we have. We'll have no playoff aspirations because all the teams that did have playoffs, playoff aspirations did make trades that next week. Um, I'll get into the trades a little bit later, but man, our safety, uh, Neil, he, Antoine Winfield is one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, but I don't know where this dude Neil came from. He came from Seattle. I guess he was highly rated by P- PFF uh, when he was there, but he came to our our team and played like, you don't know how to play safety, Let, giving up big plays. He gave up that catch to Kyle Pitts to have the Falcons beat us by a field goal. It's just so, 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 so frustrating to watch when these bad teams that are actually in the NFL are actually winning games and people are talking about like they have hope, but we come out here and lay eggs against teams that we should beat um, and then the teams that are better than us that we should be put up a good showing against, we're laying eggs in those games too and look crazy on national television. But I digress. Anyways, the, the Bills were able to win the Thursday night football game. Um, they were able to win 24 to 18. Um, the Bills, again, driving down the field, we're able to score at will. Um, we made some plays towards the end of the game, and we were a Hail Mary away from tying the game, which Chris Godwin could have grabbed the ball. But it was a bunch of ruckus. He didn't look up. The ball landed right in front of him. We lost the game. And then we waited. It was a mini-buy, so you haven't seen any 
we didn't see the Buccaneers play last Sunday, so we're waiting to see what's good with them this Sunday. Uh, but they lost, and they're three and four now, and the Bills get a win after losing to somebody who was hella sorry last week, but I forgot. But, of course, I got that one wrong. I'm starting off my predictions from last week. I apologize, guys. I thought the Buccaneers would have a better showing than that. Uh, but the Sunday games, the Jags played the Steelers. This game was hella rainy and kind of weird. Um, yeah, um, the Steelers were – oh, well, they lost to the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals, the Jaguars. The Jaguars were able to win. ETN was able to r- rush the ball in a rainy game again. Uh, you know, little um, screen passes and uh, Evan Ingram um, were able to do some work, some some long passes to Ridley. But it was rainy out there, and, and uh, Lawrence did have that bad knee from a couple of weeks ago. But he made it work. Uh, was able to beat Kenny Pickett in the Steelers 20 to 10. I was right about that game. The Eagles, this game was more, it was a lot closer than I expected it to be. Um, the Eagles were struggling at first against the commander, Sam Howell and company were driving down the field and scoring a bunch of points. Uh, but in the end, AJ Brown was pretty much unstoppable like he always was or always is. And it was able to beat um, the commanders. Uh, Jalen Hurts and company were able to win 38 to 31. Um, I was right about that game. Thank you. Uh, the Cowboys came out there and demolished the Rams. I not expected to be that way, but the Cowboys went out there and handled business. Um, the Rams had no chance. Um, that defense just scored at every level, special teams, defense, offense. CeeDee Lamb had a game. Um, yeah, and they hurt. <laughs> they hurt uh, Matthew Stafford, so they do have a, a backup quarterback starting this week for the Rams, but yeah, man, I feel y'all, Rams, but we won a Super Bowl just like y'all. Y'all won a year after us, but we're just both down bad and kind of paying for that whole uh, the whole theory of kind of like stacking our team with players that have high salaries and being over the cap and not really being able to make any moves. Just kind of have to subtract people and lose people that were kind of the basis of our championship teams, and now we down bad. But sorry, Rams. Um, they did get whooped, and I did pick that team, I think. I did pick the Cowboys to win that game. I hope I didn't pick an upset. <laughs> Who knows, though? Um, Vikings versus the Packers. Vikings won 24 to 10. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, Falcons, they lost to the Titans, which I really enjoyed 28 to 23. I did enjoy that because that brought them down to kind of our level as far as the division goes with records and stuff. But the Saints won, which makes it that much more terrible. And the Panthers won, which was kind of terrible as well. Of course, they win when the Bucks lose, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Patriots versus oh yeah by the way I can't pass the Titans game without saying welcome to the NFL Will Levis four touchdown passes I believe he had uh three to uh, Devontae Hopkins or DeAndre Hopkins excuse me my bad brother um but yeah it was a, it was a uh coming out game for him but uh he did play this Thursday night and he wasn't as successful I'll get to that in a little bit um but yeah good job Titans handling business uh at home against the Falcons Patriots lost to the Dolphins. I didn't get the score, but I knew it was a blowout. I don't know why I didn't put the Dolphins score down there, but I know they did beat the Patriots. Um, yeah, the Patriots are just down bad right now. Um, I don't know if they traded anybody at the trade deadline. Um, a lot of teams that are giving up people are giving telltale signs that they are giving up on the season. Mac Jones is not doing great at all. Um, Josh McDaniels did get fired from the Raiders, so maybe, you know, Bill Belichick will go and pick him back up and get that offense clicking again with him and Mac Jones and him can just vibe, but – I don't know, man. They're still in play for a quarter. There's a lot of quarterbacks coming out. Maybe you'll see Michael Penix or Bo Nix or somebody late in the draft, kind of like for late first round. Nah, excuse me. I mean, it don't even have to be late first round because they'll have a pick that's good enough to be pretty much marginal first. So, yeah, I think it's – and they extended Bill Belichick, so he ain't going nowhere. But I think it might be curtain calls for Mac Jones after this season. But they did get smacked up by a divisional opponent, uh, the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are back on track. Um, I think they're at 7-2 and two now. 
Um, the Saints did beat the Colts. Um, yeah, I will say the Saints, they look pretty good. Their weapons on offense are just kind of, they have weapons everywhere. Um, makes them kind of dangerous. They can make up for a lot of Derek Carr, dark, wow, I can't talk right now, Derek Carr's flaws and a lot of stuff that's kind of going on with the team internally. Um, they're able to overcome it with some uh, explosive offensive weapons. Um, to name a few, Alvin Kamara, Tyson Hill, uh, uh, what's that? He Shahid? I don't know what his name is, but the number twenty-two speedster is always catching deep bombs. They still got Michael Thomas. They still got Chris Olave. Um, yeah, they they got a lot of pieces. Alvin Kamara, I said that already. You have a couple of running backs, uh, Jamal Williams. Um, they have Kentrell Miller. There's a lot of people they have on the offense that are able to help them, you know, make up for all the flaws. If the if Derek Carr turns it over and another team can't score, they have a really good defense as well. So if they can stop a team from scoring and they get the ball back, um, one play can just bust them for, you know, a couple of points, or they can just dink and dunk it down the field with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara on some dunk uh, screens or dump off passes. So they have many ways to get it done. Um, I'm sad to see it. Um, I really wanted them to lose, and they play the Bears next. So they may get a little jump on the division, but we already beat them 26 to nine or 26 to three or something like that. So we do have a game up on them if it comes down to tiebreakers, but we will see them again and they did win. So I'll stop talking about them. That's the most I've ever talked about them. And it's most I probably will ever talk about them. Uh, Panthers beat the Texans 15 to 13. Uh, yeah, Bryce Young and beat his old, old homie, CJ Stroud. I'm hoping we can, uh, if the Panthers can beat them, I'm hoping the Buccaneers better beat them. Um, I do not want to be embarrassed again this Sunday. Come on, Buccaneers. Uh, I don't know how I made that about the Buccaneers, but I did. Uh, Jets beat the Giants 13 to 10. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. I did predict the uh, Titans would beat the um, Falcons. I did predict the Dolphins would beat the Patriots. I didn't predict the Saints would beat the Colts, Ugh. even though I should have known. Um, and I didn't predict the Panthers would beat the Texans, and I didn't predict the Jets would beat the Giants. Man, the Jets beat the Giants 13 to 10. Uh, the Chargers took care of business and beat the Bears 30 to 13. That's what I like to see from Justin Herbert. He had a great night. And even though, you know, the Bears didn't really have their starting quarterback or their starting running back, to be honest, they were able to be, you know, the Chargers should win this game. The Chargers aren't really prone to victory. So for them to actually get this victory and win it subtly um, was a good showing and bought Brandon Staley another week. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know how long he's going to be there. Um, Justin Herbert needs a new quarterback. Free just, I mean, a new coach and a new off, no offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore just got there and he's actually doing his thing. But I think the head coach and the his 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 stubbornness on defense and his uh his risk it no biscuit style offense on you know riskiness on offense and fourth downs and stuff is getting them messed over. Uh, egos, man. It's what the head coaching is about sometimes. But um, yes, I did predict the Chargers to win that game. Um, the Ravens beat the Cardinals 31 to 24. Uh, Lamar Jackson's really getting it rolling. They're winning that division over there in the AFC. I want to say North it is. Um, but yeah, beating the Cardinals. I think uh, Ky Kyler Murray's been taking off the pup. He's been practicing. I don't know if he's going to play this week, uh, but he, he they said they're going to start the uh, the rookie tune. But I think next week uh, Kyler might see the field. So we'll see what happens with Cardinals. But this week they did lose to um the Ravens 31-24. Uh, the Chiefs surprisingly lost to the Broncos 24-9. I thought uh, Patrick Mahomes was going to have a, a flu game. He was supposedly sick, but he had a terrible game, and the Broncos were able to get a win. They're moving the ball up and down the field on that Chiefs defense. Um, and offensively, Mahomes was getting sacked. He was turning the ball over, and he really couldn't connect with nobody. So the offense on the Chiefs is still looking pretty anemic. Um, they don't really look Super Bowl caliber right now, but they still somehow, in some way, end up getting wins. But this one, they weren't able to get that win. And I definitely didn't predict that happening.
the Bengals beat the 49ers. I thought the 49ers would bounce back and get this win, but Brock Purdy was throwing a couple of... Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy didn't have the worst game, but he did turn the ball over a couple of times, two interceptions and a fumble. Um, but they did have some key injuries, and um, the Cincinnati Bengals are getting healthy at the right time. So I don't hold it against the 49ers as far as, like, oh, they're not Super Bowl contenders or Brock Purdy's no good. It's just... Shit happens, man. I, I know personally that your team gets injured. If you don't have your left tackle, one of your top receivers, um, your your running back is going through injuries and you still count on him to try to be the bell cow. And you have a young quarterback that really hasn't gone through the adversity. He's just been kind of winning all the time. And we're seeing now he's gonna deal how he's gonna deal with that adversity adversity. Is he gonna put his head down? Is he gonna pout? Is he gonna go back into his shell or is he gonna, you know, take it as something that he's gonna learn from and just grow and try to come out here and just complete that ultimate goal of winning a championship because they're still in the right spot. They just need to play a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? They'll get there. They'll get there. I mean, it's been a, a rough couple of weeks and their schedule does get pretty hard, but I think in the end, when the team gets healthy, they'll be a force to be reckoned with no matter what seed they have in the playoffs. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Seahawks versus the Browns. Seahawks were able to get their win, uh, get back on track, who's a surprising um, leader of the NFC West. Uh, the Seahawks out there handling business. You know, out there handling business. That defense handling business. Um, good on them. I did not uh, predict that to happen. I thought the Browns would actually win that game. And then Lions and Raiders. Lions were able to handle the business and come back after getting whooped the week before. I like to see it. I like to see uh, what they did in the field. Um, Jameer Gibbs actually got the ball. It was actually to show what he was able to do. <laughs> he was actually show what he was able to do. Uh, 150-something overall yards. Uh, had a touchdown, a long run. Laporta was able to get a touchdown. Stafford was able to get on the right uh, page, and that defense was able to do a you know do what they do and um, have been doing the whole season, um, and get Jimmy Garoppolo in positions to where he was making mistakes, and he ended up getting benched, and the coach got fired after the game. So I guess the Lions did something right. But yeah, um, how many did I get right last week for my predictions? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got nine right out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fourteen games. Nine out of fourteen. Isn't bad unless you put in a parlay with all me trying to uh, mirror everything that I said there. Um, hopefully you picked the right ones and took my advice, which I'm going to do for week nine right here as well. And just kind of, you know, played money lightly or took my advice lightly to win some money. If you did, don't be afraid to hit my cash app. But if you did not feel it, I feel it. Just be safe and just use my knowledge to go take it to your circles and be like, I, I know this is what I know. And I, I got this advice from this podcast, which is one of the best podcasts I ever heard, especially informationally about football. You feel me? I'm willing to take that credit. It's the B-O-B-P, the Best of Bias podcast. Hey, get you some merch, by the way. You see this? I'm trying to wear the shirt. You can't really see the back, but you know what I'm saying? The new hats. I'm trying to support the new hats for you. Got the lightning bolt on there with Growly. Get you one. Oh, my bad. Get you one now. I'll talk more about that when we get to the end. I got to hurry up because the Nuggets, uh, the tournament game starts real soon. And I'm still in the middle. I got to get through this stuff. Um, Week nine preview. This is where I kind of give uh, who I think is going to win uh, for next week. Um, I give their spreads, but my predictions aren't really off the spreads. It's just in my heart who I think is going to win. So, like I said, you can tell it. You cannot put in a parlay if you want to. If you win, shoot me some money. But if you lose, hey, I'm telling you, bet responsibly. Um, don't take it as gospel. It's just what I think, um, which is mostly right, obviously. By the way, I always be winning and getting these right. Um, but first game I'm going to talk about, oh, we just saw this already Thursday. This game is over because I'm recording this on Friday. So Pittsburgh versus Tennessee. Uh, Pittsburgh was able to get the win. Um, yeah, 
Will Levis kind of turned back into a pumpkin, though. He had about 200-something yards. He had an interception, got sacked a bunch of times. Um, the true hero of the game was Derrick Henry. He was able to dump the ball off to Derrick Henry. He was able to run up the middle a lot, get some yards going that way. But Kenny Pickett, man, off the strength of T.J. Watt and uh, that Pittsburgh defense, he's able to make enough plays um, to be able to get these wins. It's ugly, but he gets them. Um, I think they moved to 5-3, and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they moved to five and three. Um, uh, Deontay Johnson came out, got his first touchdown in almost like two years or something like that. So that was great to see. But that's what happened on Thursday. So I won't predict that game. Uh, but for the Munich game, the game in Germany, uh, we have Miami and Kansas City. Uh, my uh, Kansas City is favored by two and a half in Germany. I'm going to pick Miami in this game just based off of what I saw last week in Kansas City. I think that offense still has something, to, you know, something to prove. Um, I know they may still score some points and get it loose um, against that Miami defense. And off of last week's performance, they're going to want to have something to prove and kind of just show that they're actually the bell of the ball when it comes to the AFC. But We'll see what happens. I think Miami is going to get on a roll. Um, they're playing for that number one seed, and they're and two is kind of trying to prove it, man. Everybody doubted him last year due to those concussions, and it was scary to see. Um, but this year he's trying to get out there and prove it and to show that he's actually worthy of the title of one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. And he's going to try to prove it, man. And I and I and I feel it and I support it. So I got Miami in that game out there in Munich. And then we have uh, Minnesota at Atlanta. Atlanta favorite by four and a half. I'm definitely going to go for Minnesota because we need Atlanta to lose the most games as possible. Uh, hopefully Minnesota can come uh, out there and do something. Josh Dobbs isn't going to play this week, even though he just got traded there. Um, they're going to do uh, play their rookie um, that they got over there on the Vikings. Um, Addison showed out last week. Hopefully Madison can do something. Um, KJ Osborne, I think, is hurt as well. Oof, so is Justin Jefferson. I don't know when he's coming off the IR, but I don't think he's practiced yet. So I'm putting a lot of faith in my uh, Minnesota. Um, Atlanta's actually starting Taylor Heineke as well. They benched uh, Desmond Ritter. So I'm going for Minnesota in that game. Seahawks versus Baltimore. I think Baltimore keeps rolling at home and the Seahawks lose the game, but they have a couple to play with since a lot of the teams in their division lost last week. Um, Cleveland, I got them beating Arizona. Deshaun Watson is supposed to play. They're favored by seven and a half. Um, again, they don't really have a starting quarterback. It's going to be the quarterback's first week over there in Arizona. And I think it, with that defense over there in Cleveland, they're just going to kind of hold Cleveland in the game enough, even though if Deshaun Watson isn't out there doing what he used to do, not showing that what he used to show, he'll be able to do enough to get it done out there in Cleveland. Then we have the Rams at Green Bay. Um, again, the Rams are starting to back up quarterback. Um, I think this is a must win for Jordan Love. They're at home. They're favored by three. Um, yeah. And this opportunity with a whole bunch of hurt people on the Rams, the defense and the team not being what it used to be. I think this is a showing for Green Bay to try to get right and get a win under their belt. I know they kind of gave up, it seems like, with the, the trading of Razul Douglas to the Bills. But we'll see what happens. I got Green Bay in this game. Um yeah, I think the Rams are just down bad right now. Tampa Bay at Houston. Houston's favored by two and a half. I think it's three now. Um, I got the Buccaneers all day just because I feel like this game, we lost three in a row. Um, the Texans just lost one. They're overachieving right now. And I think this is a get right game for us, man. We are a veteran team that should have our stuff together. The addition of Baker Mayfield um, shouldn't bring us down to the standard of Houston Tex the Houston Texans, though they are, you know, performing well under um, – D'Amico Ryans, I don't think they're at the level of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yet. They got a, they lost to the Panthers last week for crying out loud, and they got a bunch of rookies. So we should be able to handle business if we're anything or going to try to compete for anything. And should we have to win games like this?
So I got the Bucks. Washington Commanders at New England. I want to pick the Commanders in this just because of the competition they've been showing against other teams. And again, New England's down bad and favored by three and a half at home. Uh, but every time I pick the Commanders, I feel like they lose. So I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna split my pick to New England and hope Mac Jones and them can get it together enough and don't just make it that obvious that they're tanking. I got. Uh, I'm gonna switch my pick to Cleveland. I had it written down as Commanders, but I'm switching it. Uh, Bears uh, at New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans favored by seven and a half at home against the Bears. I'm picking the Bears. I got to. I'm sorry. I know my record and stuff is at stake when I do things like this out of spite for this team, but. Hey, man, I'm just got to keep it going. I got to stay true to my brand. Uh, Chicago over New Orleans. Uh, Indianapolis at Carolina. I got Indianapolis. Again, I'm going to stay true to the brand. Indianapolis is actually favored by three in Carolina. So I guess it's not too far out of the box for me to go for um, Indianapolis. So I got Indianapolis in that game. Next game, we have the New York Giants at the Raiders. Uh, Raiders just got rid of their coach, their quarterback. Uh, the Raiders are fair by two and a half despite that, though. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is actually still hurt. So I, either Daniel Jones is coming back or they're starting a third-string quarterback over there, Danny DeVito at the Giants. But uh, I got the Giants. I think Daniel Jones will come back. Saquon Barkley's back. I know they lost uh, Darren Waller with the hamstring. Um, but, man... The Giants got to do something, and the Raiders are down bad. So if you can't beat the Raiders, who can you beat? You know, Giants, come on now. Uh, Cowboys at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is uh, fair by three. I got Philadelphia in this game. Um, though, yeah, I haven't looked, you know, like Super Bowl Philadelphia the last couple of weeks playing down to the competition. And you saw what Dallas Cowboys did last week to the Rams. I think I still think the Eagles are the more superior team. Um, offensive line, defensive line strong i don't know if their dbs are gonna be able to stop cd lamb and company quite yet you know what i mean i know they got kevin byard at safety but i don't know if their corners uh are back at full health yet um offensively i don't know offensively is the strength for the offense is the strength for the eagles and defense is the strength for the cowboys so it's gonna be strength on strength we're gonna see who is able to provide more of a lift um the eagles offense or the uh, cowboys defense um but we'll see i got the eagles in that one uh, Cincinnati versus the Bills. I got Cincinnati. Um, they're at home and they're favored by three. But I think the Bengals, Bengals again, are getting healthy at the right time. The Buffalo Bills have been playing down the competition a lot. And when it comes to competition that they should beat, they've been kind of, you know, the competition has get, been getting the best of them. So I'm just going to go with my gut and have Cincinnati winning this one. Um, and then lastly, the Chargers at the New York Jets, the Monday Night Football. Uh, Chargers on Monday night again. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think he gets another good game, um, a good game that's supposed to kind of go in his favor. Um, the Jets defense is really good, yeah, but I think that offense of the Jets is going to put the – even though the Chargers defense isn't that good at all, um, but I think they'll maybe be, able to make, be able to make enough plays on uh, Zach Wilson without three starting offensive linemen that they can put the offense in good enough positions for them to move the ball and make plays on that Jets defense, even though they're really good. So I got – Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and they are favored by three in New York. But yeah, just to go over those so y'all can uh, write them down and know how accurate I am in this situation. Uh, I got Pittsburgh at home over Tennessee. I got Miami at Kansas City. I got Minnesota at Atlanta. I got Baltimore at home against Seattle. I got Cleveland at home against Arizona. I got Green Bay at home against LA. I got Tampa at, uh, at Houston. I got the Commanders at New... Actually, no, I switched that one. I got New England at home against the Commanders. I got the Bears in New Orleans against New Orleans. I got the Colts in uh, Carolina against Carolina. 
I'm picking the Giants in Vegas against the Raiders. I'm picking Philly at home against the Cowboys. I'm going Cincinnati at home against the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going Chargers at New York Jets. So write those down. Take a picture. I don't give a damn. You saw I clean that up for you, YouTube. Uh, but yeah, if you want to, you already know the deal. Well, let's move on. NFL trades. I told y'all that there were some trades going on. I'm going to talk about those a little bit. The 49ers got Chase Young for a conditional third-round pick, which I think is the biggest deal of the trade process. Not really much happened. There's only, only a few notable ones that I wrote down here. But Chase Young teaming up with his old teammate at Ohio State, Joey, or excuse me, Nick Bosa, which will make a deadly off a defensive line that already has a whole bunch of players that are there that can be great rotationally. They're really good in college. Um, they're really big draft names. So it's like the 49ers just plucked them all and put them together. It was like, let's see what happens. Um, Hargraves. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Cullen Farrell, uh, Randy Gregory. It's just a whole bunch of players that have talent that may have not been stars in the league, but know they have individual talents. You can just rotate them all through. Chase Young was supposed to be the next the next generational player until he blew out, blew out his knee and didn't come back for a year and a half. So we're going to see what happens. I think the 49ers, with the 49ers, he'll be in good hands, and teams are just not going to know what to do with that. Um, secondly, Leonard Williams went to Seahawks, added another great defensive lineman to another good defense out there. Montez Sweat went to the Bears. This one I really didn't understand because the Bears aren't really going nowhere, but maybe it's an asset when they're rebuilding next year that they won't have to go out there and draft since they just got sweat and won't have to, you know, draft a, a young edge rusher that's good like Montez Sweat. And they can pay him probably as well. Josh Dobbs went to the Vikings. I don't know if I mentioned it when I was talking about the Vikings, but uh um, what's his name? Uh, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles, so he's out for the season. Um, stepping up is going to have to be Dobbs, but this week they are starting a rookie um, and letting Dobbs get acclimated with the playbook. He's pretty smart again. He graduated as a rocket science, pretty much a rocket scientist, uh, pretty much. So he picks up playbooks pretty pretty fast, probably. That's why he's been able to be on so many teams and be successful as a backup. But he's on the Vikings now. And, of course, I talked about Kevin Byard. He got traded a little earlier than the deadline for the Eagles um, back there playing safety from the Titans to the Eagles. Um, we thought that was going to lead to a chain events of Derrick Henry and D-Hop getting traded as well. But they held on to their other players. And all they really traded was Kevin Byard. But that's it for NFL trades. Let's move on to the NBA. Sorry, I'm going to go a little quicker because it's getting closer and closer to the end tournament time, and I, I can't miss the Nuggets kickoff. You feel me? Um, NBA stuff, man. Let's talk about the Nuggets right now. Um, we had a good start, man. Uh, we're 4-1 and one right now. Uh, first loss was to Minnesota. Um, Minnesota is one of those teams out there that's going to give us our hardest competition, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's just their size, man. They run two centers, basically, um, and a defender that's kind of big and can put, it, put his hands on uh, – Jamal Murray, which kind of mucks the game up, which makes, you know, Aaron Gordon have to try to guard Carl Anthony Towns while Jokic guards um, Rudy Gobert. And when we're on offense, Jokic will have the ball. Um, whoever's guarding Jokic will just be guarding them. And then Ru Rudy Gobert will play off ball and just be the roamer to kind of try to clean up and help if uh, Jokic gets down low, which is kind of annoying. Um, but we saw how it turned out. And they have, of course, Anthony Edwards to be a, the additional scorer to put up points if Cat doesn't score or he's in foul trouble or whatever so that's one of those teams that kind of give us trouble but everybody else that we played so far we were able to put a good team effort together our bench is playing kind of crazy just knowing we lost bruce brown and jeff green and some of our stalwarts on our second unit for people to step up like uh christian brown and peyton watson being a young guy uh reggie jackson 
and some of our uh, Zeke Naji, of course, been on the team a couple of years as a backup center, has really gotten a lot of, a lot of burn. But it's times like this and preparedness like this um, that helped us get to the record we have right now, being 4-1 and one going into this play-in tournament. Um, our second unit has looked good defensively. We kind of have to try to find out where the points are going to come from sometimes, kind of kind of try to stagger uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic. So have one of them in the second unit kind of uh, orchestrating stuff if Reggie Jackson can't get it going. Um, or just in case if one of uh, one of the two or maybe even both are in foul trouble, um, somebody's going to have to run that second unit and we're trying to figure that out still. Um, MPJ is kind of still, he's off and on. We're still waiting for that consistent, scoring output for him. He's been rebounding a lot um, in the early season, which is good for us. Um, rebounds is really important if you're not going to score, crash the boards and get his possessions and, you know, stop possessions as well. So um, he's doing well in that aspect. Uh, Aaron Gordon's playing his role even more as he, as he did in the playoffs, just kind of knowing his game, taking less of the silly shots and kind of just using his body and using his size mismatch, mismatch against a lot of teams to get his points that way and not force anything, playing defense still against the team's best player and doing what he has to do hustle-wise to try to get his, his stuff done. And KCP as well, catch and shoot, uh, making buckets when he needs to, playing defense, getting a block, a couple blocks, a couple of steals a game, doing what he needs to do to help the team out as well. So we're looking good. Um, we're going to this playing tournament four and one against the uh, we're playing against the Dallas Mavericks now, and the Dallas Mavericks are pretty good. They're undefeated. They're only undefeated team so far. Uh, they're sitting at four and zero. Oh. Haven't played as many games as us yet, um, but you know um, this is their time. Luca has been. Of course, doing his thing every season. Um, and then Kyrie got added last year. Nobody really believes in Dallas. Nobody thinks what they put together can actually work. But, you know, this season, the season to show it. Everybody stays healthy. Um, they implemented where you have to play at least 60 games um, to be eligible for any awards and stuff. We're seeing a lot of people playing harder, a lot more players playing back-to-backs. Um, we saw the Clippers and the Lakers play um, just a couple of nights ago, and they were going hard. You know, we said, you know what I'm saying? Uh, LeBron had 35 uh, 12 and seven at 38, you know what I'm saying? Out there balling Kawhi Leonard playing about having like 30 points after playing a back-to-back 75 minutes in two games. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's good to see this year that the people are actually out there playing and taking it serious. Um, yeah, um, Lakers, um, seeing them this year as well. Um, the new form Lakers, a lot of off-season acquisitions. It's going to take them a lot of time to jail, but um, they played their first game against us and they didn't, well, they didn't, I wouldn't say they didn't do too well, but they didn't win the game. Um, and they kind of took a stance from them then on that they're going to play, you know, play their game and get LeBron a, a set amount of minutes to run, you know, to prevent the risk of him probably get, or getting injured midseason or towards the end of the season to prevent them from winning another ring. But <laughs> they've needed him a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of the season, uh, they've been pushing him over that 20 minute threshold. The second game, he was already over that. Um, after the first game, they're they utilizing him, but sitting him a lot. Um trying to implement this time restriction for him. But, yeah, the Lakers have needed him. It's kind of crazy to see him at 38 still be the best player on his team and carrying the team that way. Um, Steph and KD as well. We're, uh, I was listening to a couple of talking heads talk, and it's crazy to see, um, though LeBron is 38 and doing what he's doing at 38, it's like Steph Curry and KD and a lot of these other players are like at 35, 34, still balling and putting up big points and stuff like that. Uh, Kobe's last great season in the playoffs, they said, was about age 33. LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan was on the Wizards and kind of tapping out at 35, 36. So to see them performing at this level is kind of impressive. Uh, more so, not only LeBron, but everybody else as well. But LeBron is doing crazy stuff. If you watched that game last uh, the other night, he put the team on his back still 
knocking shots down, getting to the rim. Yeah. Went into overtime. Chris Paul and Norman Powell fouled out in overtime, but LeBron was able to get to his spots and do his thing. But it was really good to see. It was really good to see them beat uh, the Clippers. I think this first time in 11 games that they actually beat the Clippers. So that's that was really important to get that monkey off their back end. They took a big jump in the standings, too. I think they're like ninth at one point. Of course, when it's early, all the standings are really close. But getting that separation um, when the Clippers only lost one game, the standings really jumped. They jumped the Lakers to fifth and the Clippers like the ninth. So it's crazy. The playoffs started crazy so far. Playing tournaments going on right now. Um, the Bucks are playing the New York Knicks for the first game. I think the games are every Friday and Tuesday. Um, and then like in December sometime is when the play like the playoffs of the tournament starts and everybody goes to Vegas for that single elimination. So now everybody's just running through the groups and around Robin style trying to collect them points. I think that's how it goes and collect their record to try to make it to um, the the playoff, the playoff in season tournament playoff in Vegas. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but I'm liking it so far. And uh, a couple more things here in the NBA. Wimby. Going off, um, they played the Suns two games in a row. I think once in Phoenix and once in San Antonio. But Wimby showing that he's the man, man. Uh, first game uh, brought him back. Uh, the Spurs back to beat the Suns. He had about eighteen points, seven rebounds, or something like that. I, and I was, I was like, yes, yeah, last. This is what his scoring, uh, his his uh, box score is going to be. He's been getting this the last couple of weeks. Um, eighteen, sixteen points, about seven, eight rebounds, couple of blocks. But this last game that he had, oh, he showed. Uh, I watched highlights of it. I wasn't watching the game, um, that game specifically. But the highlights of it, this man had 38, 10, and 2. 38 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 steal. And this was his game. Um, me, personally, I thought he was going to get brought along slow. Pop was going to restrict his minutes. Um, he wasn't going to let him in the game. It's like, even if the games were close, they're going to be really cautious with Wimby Yama and bring him in slow, despite the criticism. But nope, this game, they let him play. He had 13 more shots. He had 26 shots, 13 more than the next man on his team. They made an effort to get him the ball. He was making all his shots, three three-pointers, really efficient, only had five free throws and 38 points. So that's just wild to see. So, man, he might be the next thing. Like everybody was saying, people were doubting it at the beginning, saying Scoot Henderson might be better, Chet might be better, but... We're seeing it live now. The moves that he's making, the fluidness of his game, his jump shots, how he can get to the rim, how they can lob him the ball effortlessly and he can score easily like that. It's just wild. So when Binyama's on the come up, don't doubt him. If you haven't seen a game, go watch a game because that shit is wild to see in person. I mean, not in person, but on TV anyway. So I'm sure they're going to get him on TV every week. So you'll probably have a chance to see him. But yeah, NBA is in full motion. And also Skims is the official partner of the NBA. Uh, I haven't seen any male Skims yet. I don't know what's going on with that. It's wild. I don't know what they're really going to get out there and do. I don't know how they're going to feel. I might change my whole tone when I get some on my body. I might give me some and see how some skim underwear is feeling some skims for the men. It may be some smooth stuff. You know, skims is a big company. They may got the, the finest of textures out there. You know, some everybody likes those Ethica draws. What if they hella softer than them Ethica draws or them tank tops? Everybody likes to work out tank tops. What if those things are soft as cotton? I wouldn't say soft as cotton because we wear cotton already, but what's something soft? Soft is a, I don't know, something soft. In, in, insert soft thing here. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all about it, man. Uh, Shoot. NFL got Taylor Swift and NBA got uh Kim Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about growth. I'm all about marketing. You know what I'm saying? Throw me a little cash. I'll promote some male skims. What's up, Kim? What's up? Best of buy. I need to holler at you. Uh, but yeah, again, 
Let me talk about the MLB. Congratulations to the Rangers, um, MLB champions this year. Uh, it was a wild season, of course, full of unexpected, because, of course, I didn't expect the season to end like that. Um, I expected the Braves to win the championship, to be 100% honest with your boy. But, you know, things happen, and it's not. It is, seasons don't go always go the way they you want them to. But congratulations to the Rangers. Um, Sean, you should have bet on them. I told y'all. I told you. <laughs> I'm just playing. But, yeah, yeah, the Rangers. I'm happy it wasn't one of the – you know, if it wasn't the Braves, I'm I'm happy it wasn't one of the other teams that win all the time. No Boston, no L.A., no San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? Somebody different. You know what I'm saying? If it's not us, give it to somebody that ain't stacking. You know what I'm saying? That's the hater in me. Um, but let's get to this fantasy football real quick. Um, fantasy football, this is week, week nine in the NFL. So I guess this is week nine for us, too. Um, I'm just gonna go over the uh, week eight scores real quick and let us know the standings like I like to do. Um, boys, I need y'all on the pod, man. I know y'all scared because a lot of the people that be winning and stuff is down there in the dumps right now. And the guys that are up in the top, I mean, Kev, y'all seen Kev on the pod before? Uh, he'd probably be on the like to talk his mess if he gets number one and if I lose this week. Um, Derek's scared of the pod, I know he's scared, but some of these guys on here, John, you know, Johnny Max 650 has been on here. Um, he's he's in, in the top five, top six make the playoffs. Y'all know best of bias invitation of 2023. I tell y'all all the time, strive for the top six because top six make the playoffs. Top two teams get their buys and you want that $900. I'm telling you, we got a lot of prize money up for uh, this year and a belt and you don't want that last place trophy. And you're lucky this year we didn't come up with something for last place because people are too okay with last place right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't see people trying hard enough to get out of last place. It's kind of hurting my soul. It's like, don't be okay with it. At least fight. At least fight back. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, scores from last week. I beat Sean's championship team 183 to 110. My receiver lineup is just killer right now. I have Tyreek Hill, which is probably the number one receiver in fantasy. I have the number two receiver in fantasy, like with A.J. Brown. And I have the person who started off at the number one receiver as Keenan Allen, but he's like number five to seven now. But having those three each week is kind of just helping me solidify my team. And then having my running backs break out and Laporta break out is just the icing on top of Justin Herbert as a quarterback. It's just going crazy. It's helping me stay in first place. Uh, just a running back living pay to ch- paycheck to paycheck. It's good to see you get a win, brother. This might be his third win. I'm telling you, there's still weeks left, five weeks left. Make that push, man. Uh, 126, he beat Payter to 110. Nightmare on G-Block, lost to K-Swag. K-Swag, it's good to see you get a win, too. I know it's been a while. I know it's been a while, but hey, we getting those victories. Good shit, boy. Uh... K-Swag won 126-96. Shenanigans got that win over You're Not the Boss of Me, 124-118. to 118. Dijon's Dazzling Team got that win over Hot Boys, 162-131. to 131. Armpit, that's the battle of second and third, lost to Cater, uh, Cam's Catering, 135-114. to 114. Um, A lot of shakeups going on. I was able to win and keep my first place. That one, first place through third place has been moving around a whole bunch this season. So, guys... Good job. Way to stay competitive. If you're not at the top, don't be discouraged. I'm telling you, man, a lot of shit is moving around. One, a two week to three week streak. You could be jumping from anywhere in this in the standings. So don't be don't be discouraged at all. Let me go over the standings of where we at right now. Um, let's see here. Let me get to the right league. 
So for the standings for Lydell, or excuse me, the best of bias invitation on 2023 in first place, you got me, Mucho De Niro at six and two. Second place, you got Cam's Catering at six and two. Third place, you got Derek with Armpit at five and three. Fourth place, we got Deshaun with Shenanigans at five and three. At fifth place, we got Dijon at four and four. Sixth place, we got Hot Boys, that's Johnny Mac, six, five, oh, at four and four. Nightmare on G Block, we got him at seventh place at four and four with Paydirt. Jason coming in at eighth place at three and five. Sean's championship team is three and five coming in at nine place uh followed by k swag's team at three and five uh, 11th places you're not the boast of me at three and five followed by you're not a running back living paycheck to paycheck at two and six okay my bad brother you only got two wins but hey each week is a new week to be great so i hope everybody wins except for the team that's playing me and i respect the hell out of everybody for staying in it and being such great competitors every year year in year out um get that group chat popping a little bit mo more though maybe that's my fault for not riling everybody up and getting everybody talking but there's some talking that need to be had in there i want to hear some shit talking i want to hear some 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 encouragement i want to hear some some uh what's the word i'm looking for some What's the word when you're looking for confidence? I don't hear no confidence. I don't hear nobody talking shit saying, I know I'm going to win. I know I'm about to get this money. When we're doing the draft. I heard all that stuff. But when I, once the season actually played out, everybody's real, real quiet right now. So I'm going to need y'all to up the ante for your boy and just speak up. Speak up. You know what I'm saying? And maybe I'll give the winner a, a hat or a merch item of their choice as well go, to go with the belt and the money. But if it's me, it's just going to give me giving shit to myself. I don't know. Maybe I'll give a hat to second place as well. Um, to add to they getting their uh, little hundred dollars. But yes, let's move on to this pop culture because we are getting closer and closer to this game time. RIP, I want to say a big RIP to Matthew Perry. Um, another one of our celebrities out here, man. Um, I don't know. If it's not drugs, it's always something people speculating about mental health, man. And I feel sorry for these celebrities, too, because they do a great job of entertaining us and giving us the feels that we enjoy. Sometimes we don't really check up on these people. We think since they're rich and famous, they're stronger than the average people, that they're some kind of superhero that we hold on the pedestal. Um, I feel like sometimes we need to check in on these people. I mean, though we can't really speak to them and they're kind of cut off from the regular world. I feel like, no, 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 reach out in a different way. Re write a letter, write a DM to the person knowing you're not going to get a response back, but something positive just to make sure this person is still on the right headspace. Um, because these people, of course, I mean, we've seen it all. Um, people be so depressed from the ups of their career and then just the heights and then wanting that height so bad that they get depressed when they're at, you know, status quo or even lower than status quo or not where they were before. I'm not saying he was depressed or committed suicide or anything like that because they did say that he was drug free. Um, they did say he was having some mental issues, um, but I don't want to speculate suicide till more information comes out, but it is sad. It's just they found him uh, drowned in his jacuzzi at his home. Actually, I don't want to say his home because I don't want to give out false information, but they did find him drowned in his jacuzzi. Um, and I just want to say RIP, RIP to the families. Uh, it's really, really, really sad out there. Um, though I wasn't the biggest Friends fan, uh, I did watch the whole nine and the whole 10 yards. That movie was really funny to me. I'm not going to lie. I did watch that a lot. Um, and just, man, as a human being, and just kind of like the joy that he did give to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? He may not have touched me personally with Friends or uh, his other works, but he touched people. And you know what I'm saying? 
not in a bad way, but in a way that, you know, brought joy and happiness to them at a certain time. I know friends was the shit. I know my friend's mom loves fr uh, friends. My friend's mom loves friends. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, she does. And um, swears by the series and there's so many seasons. So, and there's reruns on run, reruns on all the time. So somebody loved the show. There's some, there's, you know, a big group cult following that Matthew Perry really touched and people love. So, Despite of anything, you know, I don't know if there's some political stuff that he had that was saying that was kind of rub people the wrong way. That all that stuff, sometimes you know, it doesn't matter sometimes when tragedy strikes and people lose their lives. Sometimes their political beliefs and stuff like that needs to go out the window and just RIP, RIP that man. And again, thank you for all your contributions to pop culture and just contributions to joy and happiness to people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Um, LA Comic Con. I'm excited to say that we're almost there one month away. I really, oh, you can see it from here. Perfect. Um, I, I'm really excited to go this year. There's a bunch of people going, a bunch of actors, a bunch of people kind of getting back into the fray of the stuff. Uh, let me get, let me, let me get my, uh, let me get my dual cameras going on right now. I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't get that going earlier, but bear with me here. My peoples, my peoples, my peoples. So I know you want to hear about this. Let me get right. Let me get right. Let me get right. So, uh, Dual cameras, dual cameras real quick. Comic-Con 2023, we out here, December 1st through 3rd. Who's rolling? This year is going to be epic, man. Last year, me and Damo hit the streets out there and we saw what it was all about. And it was a, it was a culture shock. It was my first Comic-Con that I've ever been to, my first big con anyway. Um, I've been to a couple of events since then, but this year I'm expecting bigger and better, especially with the strike. The writer's strike ended and we expect the actors and the SAG-AFTRA um, and, and the companies and the big, big, the big wigs to sign this contract to get that strike over with as well. So it's going to be a big time and hopefully all the actors kind of trickle back into these events so we get to see the, you know, the pop culture people, a bunch of podcasts, Cashers, I hope are out there. A bunch of panels for these celebrities and some of the stuff that is happening in pop culture, in the sphere of pop culture, anyways, that I like to check out. Um, we got a bunch of people from the cast of a bunch of shows that just dropped. Ahsoka just dropped. So there's some actors from that. Um, One Piece live action. There's some actors from that. Uh, Pedro, uh, Napoleon Dynamite, John Hader, and Efren Diaz, I believe his name is. Um, a bunch of pop culture phenomenon. Um, Tom Kenny, who plays SpongeBob and voiced Cat Dog and a whole bunch of up other epic stuff. Um, we have a, a bunch of the Power Rangers, the Black Ranger, uh, uh, the Blue Rangers, a bunch of people are going to be there. I'm just excited to bring the Best of Bias podcast to a con near you. Uh, find us at the, at the con if you're going to be there. You'll see the new merch. You'll see everything. I'm just really excited to see what it's going to bring this year, man. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting times. Um, last year at, um, or this year, I should say, at San Diego Comic-Con, they weren't really able to provide everybody with the Comic-Con feel because the strike kind of, you know, kind of prevented a lot of stuff that Comic-Con's able to bring. Um, some of the Comic-Con purists are actually happy about that. There's more artists and availability to comic book artists and stuff that actually is the heart of Comic-Con. Um, a lot of stuff that's been added as far as the celebrities and the the uh, infatuation with the Funko Pops have kind of saturated these cons. And some of the people that are actually loyalists to the con culture are kind of like, these things are getting in the way, but me personally, I'm excited to go back and just be on the scene again. Uh, me and Damo are trying to make a movie. Uh, pause, but we're trying to make it a movie. Last year, we went in there and kind of got our feet wet, but the overwhelmingness of it, I feel like just kind of overtook us. But this year, we doing something crazy. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But let me get back to these people over here, man. I'm sorry.
I had to do a camera Z real quick. You know how I do it. But Comic-Con's coming up. And again, hopefully that uh, contract between SAG-AFTRA and the the big companies kind of get signed so we can get everybody back in studio, start making these shows, because which is going to kind of lead into my cinema corner here. Uh, Y'all can see the pops back there, right? You see that Napoleon Dynamite pop back there? It's like, right, bam, right there, Napoleon. I got Pedro. And then if you go up there, right there, you see Sabine. She about to be at the Comic-Con, too. I'm about to get Sabine signed by the actor that played um, Sabine in the live actor show. So it's about to be live. But anyways, get back to the cinema corner. Um, With the writers and everything coming back, I'm hoping for a lot of shit to get settled, man. It's just a lot of rumors going around in the MCU that's kind of rubbing me the wrong way, man. Um, I've been bigging up DCU and seeing... um, I mean, they're canceling everything, kind of doing their reboot and doing what they have to do. They, at least they're recognizing the product that they're putting out isn't it. So they're going to try to start over and correct their errors uh, with James Gunn and everybody with the DCU uh, being changed from the DCEU. But MCU, man, it's just kind of like a bunch of rumors um, just coming out and it's kind of making it seem like they're making changes for the betterment of the MCU. But at the same time, it's just like... I don't know. It, it also seems like they're just covering their ass because they made a lot of bold statements um, when it came to the the planning of this phases five and six and what's supposed to happen and what we're supposed to be pumped up for and uh, what the fans are supposed to expect. But a lot of the stuff show wise, a lot of the movies have come out and not, they've been really mediocre. Um, we're expecting the stuff that we saw from the original Avengers and phase four and all that stuff, phase, the first couple of phases. But this phase five stuff in the lead four, the end of phase four and the leading up to phase five have been really dry. Um, there's been rumors of shows being canceled and pushed back. I know Deadpool was supposed to be the lead in to Secret Wars and they're going to reset the MCU, bring back a whole bunch of characters, kill some off in the Secret Wars, bring in Tobey Maguire as the leader of the Avengers, Wolverine and this, this and that. It's just like, OK, you're talking about this, but are we really going to get it? Um, it seems as though that with the strike, um, I guess Deadpool is not able to make rewrites or edits or anything like that. So they're pushing back the release of that movie, which is supposed to set everything up. They put out a listing of shows that were supposed to come out, the Iron Hearts of the World, the Echoes of the World, uh, the the Agatha, Agatha Harknesses of the World, like a bunch of shows that we didn't really ask for. And they either pushed it back or made it really short and shoved it forward to try to get it out of the way because they already produced it type of shit, which is kind of weird. Um, I can see both sides of it because some stuff probably needed to be pushed back because it probably didn't need to be uh, made in the first place. But some stuff, it just kind of like seems like chronologically, you're just kind of messing stuff up and you're you're putting a hold on stuff that needs to happen to get the fans back intrigued in what you got going on. As far as like the Avengers, like we have, we're expected to believe like right now where we are, the Avengers are going to be led by um, Falcon, Captain America. Um, we have Shang-Chi and we have Shuri as the Black Panther. Um, with Sprinkled In, we still have Thor around. We still have uh, Doctor Strange around. We still have uh, Captain Marvel and the Marvels from the movie. Um, sprinkled in with a bunch of young Avengers that we've seen throughout these TV shows. Um, we still have some of the darker characters like Moon Knight and stuff, but I don't really know who's all going to get integrated into the shows and into the uh, actual MCU as far as uh, the phases go. Uh, of course, I want to see Moon Knight, but 
it just seemed as though his his shit was like more of a one-off introduction story. They haven't even finished explaining who he was. So I don't know if they're ready to actually just bring him into the MCU right away. Um, and I'm hearing rumors that they're going to bring back the original six somehow and try to have them be older characters to usher in the new phases. Um, they're talking about how Jonathan Majors, they don't know how, if they're going to continue on with the Kang arc, even though um it seems as though his court kind of stuff is kind of cleaning up um they proved i guess they had some evidence showing that he was innocent of this of the of the um of the physical abuse and then they had a worn out arrest for his girlfriend to be arrested for some of the physical stuff that he she did to him but ultimately she didn't get arrested and they still have to go to court and they're worried about him being in court through the whole process. So they may move on to another villain and not focus so much on Kang and try to move into the Dr. Doom saga stuff. But still, they haven't really introduced all of the Fantastic Four characters for sure. And they don't even know when they're going to release Fantastic Four. And it's just a whole bunch of rumored stuff and it's just all jumbled up and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. All the stuff that's rumored to be in Deadpool, all the people, all the stuff, and then we're going to push that back. We're supposed to have an 18-episode Daredevil. Um, they fired all the writers and starting over with that. It's like, and that was supposed to be something that Echo was for. We're supposed to have an Echo lead up into that. But we're still going to get Echo, yet we're not getting the Daredevil at the time we're getting that. It's just getting wild and at a certain point we're going to lose our patience. We don't want Echo. We don't want Agatha Harkness. We don't need that stuff. Captain America, the new Captain America, New World Order or whatever they're calling it now. I am interested to see that. I'm interested to see like some uh, Thunderbolts stuff. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Secret Wars, Deadpool, that stuff kind of looks more interesting and more into the Phase 5 type of stuff. Um, but I feel like they're just more interested in creating their own spin-off worlds with all these other characters instead of trying to deal exactly with what they're supposed to be dealing with and what they got us intrigued with and what we're supposed to be moving on to. It's like they started it with the... Uh, they started with it in Wanda and they just cut it off, uh, WandaVision, and then they just cut it off. And then they had Loki season uh, one that's supposed to lead in this stuff. And then they cut that off. We're getting season, uh, Loki season two, which I'm going to talk about in a couple of seconds, probably going to talk about it now. Episodes four and five, which is supposed to also be a continuation of phase five and let us know what's happening with Kang and he who remains. But it's also a slow burn in this one. We're still trying to figure out what we got going on in this episode six already. But uh, I have faith, man. I'm not letting go. Um, MCU is definitely big crux of pop culture, and I'm in there, man. I'm in, I'm in it to win it, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? I play both sides anyways when it comes to DC and, uh, and, and Marvel. I'm a Marvel guy more so through and through, but DC is having – they have great stories, and they have great characters to build upon if you do them right. They can be great. And if you put James Gunn over there and he actually handles it and does great stuff with the people, Superman, Batman, Lobo and stuff that characters people want to see and does it right and is able to bring us that like rated R and kind of more mature kind of stuff that we want to see more graphic stuff and just kind of eclipses MCU. I wouldn't be surprised. It's just they're able to admit their faults and actually start over and start from scratch and get people intrigued that way. I don't think MCU is ever going to do that. But anyways, let's get into this Loki review again. We're getting closer and closer on time. Ooh, nine minutes. Woo, we're getting close. Um, but yeah, episodes four and five. Um, last week we reviewed episodes one or uh, what episodes did I review? 
Um, I put out a video where he's ep reviewing episodes one through three. So I want to do episodes four and five now. Episode four more so than five because they're kind of built on each other. Actually, spoiler review. Let me not get too far into that without saying spoiler, spoiler, spoiler review. Let's get some spoilers popping up on the screen, aka if you can. But um, I'm going to do my, do my due diligence and give you all episode four and five. But anyways, in episode four, we more so see uh the conflict between uh getting victor timely to the tva and getting him to understand we need him to get his temporal aura to stop the timelines from all being breached breach and everybody being destroyed so we see a lot of that happening in episode four and the internal conflicts we have with that um we see sylvie still trying to see like have internal conflict about killing victor timely because she still thinks that keeping him alive is kind of what brings everybody to being in the TVA in that kind of suffering situation where they're controlled and not able to live their real lives. Um, I don't know, man. I'm confused in this one because I'm still kind of confused at what's real and what's not. We see... <laughs> We see uh, Victor Timely actually volunteer to go. You they'll go start the machine and uh, try to fix the um, you know the timelines and help everybody from being destroyed. But we see it when he instantly walks out there, he turns into skin and bones and gets noodle-fied. It, 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 episode four is just really interesting to me because it left us at a cliffhanger. Uh, all the stuff Loki was trying to do throughout all the episodes kind of was null and void because yeah, they were too late. Um, I don't know. To me, me in watching heavy spoilers is kind of, I'm always trying to think above and beyond the plot. Me personally, I think some of these deeper is going on, but after watching episode five and re watching the review episode, it makes sense a lot more that way. Um, but yeah, we see Loki trying, you know, dealing with Ouroboros, dealing with He Who Remains, just kind of dealing with the starting of the TVA, the idea of how the TVA is getting created. We see Ouroboros feeding information to Victor Timely, who eventually becomes He Who Remains, who eventually creates the TVA, as we think. But to me personally, I feel like Ouroboros has way more control over what's going on it's just weird it's just weird because he who remains sees all and was preparing for all and him and rabona going back and giving victor timely the book i feel like was a fail safe for the for the stuff that happened in the future which may have started a never-ending cycle of no matter what happens he who remains or Ouroboros would just create the tva or have the idea uh what do they call it the bootstrap paradox to where, I don't know, it's just the Loki being involved in everything, going back and jumping from time to time and giving people information, telling Ouroboros what's going on in the future, having talked to him in the past. It's just, what do they call it in uh, heavy spoilers? A whole bunch of time travel, wobbly, wobbly shit, hobbly wobbly. It's just confusing. But ultimately, if we're going to be keeping 100% trill, what happened in the end of the episode four is pretty much they failed. It seemed as though they failed. Uh, Loki wasn't able to get done what he get uh, to get done what he needed to get done to save the time stream. Uh, Mobius and uh, Ouroboros and uh, B-15, all of them were hoping that once they got he who remains in the office or able to get him in the suit out there, um, his temporal aura would be able to shut everything down and go, you know, back to the way it was. And once he died and everybody died at the end of episode four, we thought it was over. We thought everything was done for, but we come to episode five and everybody's okay. 
Uh, as but not in the regular form of course everybody's not in the tva we come back with loki actually time jumping again um we're like damn we're back to this we thought we got over this but he actually was uh time jumping again he wasn't in control of anywhere he was able to be just like he was in the beginning of the series but we saw him jumping um from it was interesting because he was jumping specifically to these timelines to where everybody that he was friends with at the TVA actually were in their timelines. So I guess in episode four, it kind of just reverted them back to their original actual lives before they came to the TVA. So we saw that B-15, uh, I hope that's her name. I'm not, I'm not saying that wrong. Uh, but the lady from, uh, was in, uh, oh gosh. A Lovecraft Country with Jonathan Majors, excuse me. Uh, she was an actual doctor in the in 2012 when the actual Avengers and uh, Thor, uh, Thor um, Thanos attacked New York. That was kind of interesting to see her go back there. Um, we saw one of the homies actually be a prisoner that was escaping from Alcatraz. We saw Mobius actually be a uh, jet ski salesman. That's why he's so intrigued with jet skis. It was funny to see that and see that whole interaction. Uh, we saw Mobius was an actual author of science fiction um, and his books didn't do too well, but uh, ironically, one of his best-selling books was the TVA uh, gu uh, guidebook, which was in control of time and actually had a big-ass effect on the world, so he did become famous as a writer. Um, and we saw Sylvia, of course, working at the McDonald's she chose to go to and just settle in and create a life that way. Um, we saw Loki trying to convince all these people throughout his time jumping to come back to the TVA and try to rescue it um, from the world being destroyed by these time, uh, you know, these time anomalies that are killing everybody. Um, and throughout the situation, I guess, you know, Loki is kind of trying to get everybody back together, but he has to convince everybody because they have no memory of the TVA ever existing. So it's kind of time. It's kind of hard for him to do so. And he's jumping all over the, you know, all over the, the world's timeline, I mean, 1966, 2012, 2022, 1982. So he's going to all these different years to meet these people and grab them and bring them to the TVA, get them together to Ouroboros and try to figure out what they can do to stop what happened in episode four from actually happening and then save the world. Which is kind of interesting because, I mean, we actually see throughout the episode that nobody actually really wants to be there. Nobody believes Loki, but he's actually the only one that believes in the TVA, which was kind of crazy um, seeing his growth from the beginning of the series to where he didn't believe nothing that was going on in the TVA. He was so skeptical. Um, he tried to do whatever he can to get out of the TVA and bring down the TVA. But now he's ironically trying to bring it back together. But yeah, that was interesting as well. They got him all in a room, got him with the plan, um, got the plan together. And then we saw the scene where everything just started unraveling where they were which was nuts because that made you think um even though they were in that little central area all together in Ouroboros's office everywhere they came from those timelines were being unwound just like that so it was crazy you know Mobius had kids those kids are probably dead now if he tries to go back you know what I'm saying that was hella sad to see um but then you see the last piece of the team that they needed was Sylvie and her to be so reluctant to help and it was like these people are gonna die if you don't help Sylvie and she was like nah I'm about to go back and just listen to some music and then all of a sudden you saw that music in the record company or the record uh the record shop turning the noodles and shit like that that shit was dope and she was like all right all right I'm down to help you and then it was too late because once they got back, they turned into noodles too. And then all of a sudden we kind of realized that Loki found his why in that moment of everybody dying in, Mo in uh, Ouroboros' office. And if you remember in the beginning of the episode when he met Ouroboros, he was trying to help him um, control his time slips 
And one of the things he said was try to find your why. Maybe that's how you control how you time slip. But Loki didn't really believe that at the time and he was trying and it didn't work. But once everybody was dying and he saw everybody dying and saw Sylvie dying, he was like, oh, no, nah, I got to try this again. And that's when it worked. And he realized towards the end of the episode that he was able to control his time slips. And that's what he has to do to travel in time to save the world and, ha and actually go back to before the collider exploded and before everybody died to try to save the world. Which is an interesting way to put it, man. I don't know if it's too on the nose. I don't know if that's something that should have happened. I don't know if they should have made it a little bit more difficult for him to figure out what he needed to do to fix the time stream. But I guess Loki has time powers. Uh, I guess he's going to be able to go back and fix shit. And after listening to heavy spoilers and listening to their theory again, spoiler alert, uh, maybe Loki was actually the person that's controlling the TVA. Maybe he's the person that created a TVA and put he who remains in place to control the timelines. And he was actually the person pulling the strings. Uh, maybe um, him doing what he's doing right now, putting all the TVA people together, the main TVA people is what actually happened when he first created the TVA. And this, this is him doing it all over again. You know what I'm saying? This is us seeing it for the first time. Um, him grabbing everybody, him grabbing Victor Timely and going back to the TVA, him getting fried just releases his temporal aura and which makes the time stream do what it does now. I don't know. This is not coming from my head. This is from heavy, heavy spoilers. Go check out their video on the review of episode five. He went into some shit, man. Me personally, my theory was simple as, oh, wait. Because he had another theory. Actually, this came from him, too. So he changed from that, that episode to this episode. Maybe Ouroboram was jealous of him giving He Remains the idea to create the TVA and never getting no never getting no, uh, uh, no credit for him. They stuck him in the basement, didn't wipe his memory, and just forgot about him. You know what I mean? Uh, and maybe he resents He Remains and everybody in the TVA for that, and he's just messing up everything to prove that he is the person who has the power and deserves the power. But that Loki stuff that he was saying, I guess, and I guess in the comics they have some... Uh, um, some relation to something that they did when they're in the time stream in the intro when they had like the green streams on the side there's a comic book that has loki controlling these green streams that were similar to um those streams that were in the opening so a lot of connective tissue but who knows man watch it for yourself come up with your own predictions um that's what heavy spoilers said i like listening to him because he's pretty awkward i mean awkward pretty accurate <laughs> at times awkward too but he's funny as hell and uh, accurate as hell sometimes as well. So if you want to check out some spoilers and some reviews, go check that out. And just real quickly here, check out Invincible Season 2, Episode 1 just dropped. Yeah. If you're ready for that gore and to pick up where they left off in Season 2, excuse me, this jumps right in and puts you back where they left off. Nice 48-minute episode. Ryan Otley, uh, Tyler Kirkland, they're doing their thing. Uh, I'm loving it already. Uh, can't wait to see them. They're going to be at uh, Comic-Con as well, so I'm going to get some autographs, show you guys the comic books and everything on Instagram. Um, but yeah, season two is great. Um, also, check out that Adam Eve uh, prequel that came out. Um, and Gen V, man. Gen V, they did a finale this week, too. The ending of that shit was crazy. Go check it out before you guys actually, before I review it. I don't want to give it away too, too early. But shit, man, all that shit they did in that season, and it comes down to that at the end, bro. Dumbass I ain't gonna spoil it because there is a there is a cameo that you guys are gonna see and like. So I'll give you guys a little bit on that and I'll let it breathe until next episode. But man, great show. The boys is a great show to me as well. A lot of people are kind of turned off by the gore and the craziness of it. But if you listen, if you watch the story and just watch what happens and you're in it and just kind of get down with the show, you you really like get past all the weird shit. Don't watch it with your moms, your grandma. I don't know if you can even watch it with your girlfriend. Girls, if you like it. 
I appreciate that because you gotta have a, a, a interesting and specific taste and sense of humor to be able to watch that. But yeah, this I, this is the end of the episode where I want to let y'all know where to find your boy at is SAC underscore Lydell on the Instagram, Patrick underscore Lydell on the Snapchat. You know where to find your boy. If you look for the podcast, it's best to buy us everywhere. Check it out. Type it in. You'll find the website. Type that in the YouTube. You'll see all the videos that AKA is beautifully provided for us, man. There's about almost 200 of them things by now. This is episode 185. Um, you'll see a bunch of stuff on there. Videos, uh, B-roll, everything. Give us a like, subscribe, follow, hit the bell so you don't miss any. Let your friends know about it, man. Because we up here every week. We try to give y'all some content, um, no matter what it is, which y'all want to see. We're probably going to have it on the pod. So tune in. Let everybody know about it. Friday, Saturday is one of those days, man. And usually I shoot for Fridays. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't see it on Friday, you know it's for sure going to be out on Saturday unless I'm skipping a week in which I'll let y'all know. And very rarely I do so. So you ain't really got to worry about that. Merchandise, hit me up. I know a lot of you guys have been hitting me up already on Instagram. Perfect way to do it. Uh, YouTube, perfect way to do it. You have my number, perfect way to do it. Website is still going to be under maintenance to get the, uh, you know, the whole where you can buy it directly online. I'm still kind of getting that together. But believe me, I still got plenty of merch. Dad hats, bucket hats, beanies. Beanies are going fast. Get yours for the winter. Still got T-shirts. A couple of sizes left in those T-shirts. But you already see the new caps. I got the thunder Thunderbolt added to the side. We still have the gold Thunderbolts we're going to add to the left side for when you do get them. So just let me know. They're all available, all available, all available, man. And uh, hope you guys enjoy your weekend and hope your teams do as well as my teams do. I'm just I'm wishful thinking right now. I'm just hoping that everybody does good and i don't have to be upset this weekend but love y'all enjoy some sports enjoy i hope y'all enjoyed the pod um give some reviews five star reviews on whatever podcast podcast platform wow platform you're listening on spotify google podcast apple podcast anchor of course um just go ahead like leave a comment let me know what i can do better new guests i'm gonna try to get some new guests on here for next week episode i'm gonna start to plan that earlier than later so that i can get some people on here and have them ready for when i'm gonna record but um it's the best of bias podcast you know what i'm saying enjoy your weekend stay hydrated because i know i need to be hydrated you know go hug somebody because we breathing today and that's all we can ask for you know what i'm saying i uh, love somebody because uh, i love y'all it's the best of bias podcast where that theme song at it's right here all right then it's the best, uh, best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us. From pop culture to the movies to United. It's the best, uh, best of bias. Your best of bias. It's the best of bias. You are now listening to the Best of Bias podcast.